I listened to this one uh, podcast the other day and it was a guy about uh, 15 years old. He was working as a waiter at a shop and they screwed up an order. They just basically packed the wrong meal. So he went to his manager and again, that's what you kind of call them. And he told his manager about the problem. The manager said to him, listen, don't worry. What we're going to do is we're going to make up that new order. We're going to climb in a car, me, you, we're going to drive to the house and we're going to hand deliver this to the person and apologize for the mistake. And that is the complete embodiment of what a leader should be doing is firstly owning up, seeing what's going on, having a positive attitude, being decisive on a way out and how do we fix this, not blaming anyone, being accountable yourself as the leader, being there, showing up at that door and saying, listen, Mr. Customer, sorry for this. Hey everyone, welcome to the RLT podcast where we share some real life tools, tips and tricks to help you not only discover but also reach your ultimate goals. All right, welcome back to the Real Life Tips podcast, everyone. We're so excited to do another episode with you again. My name is Mono. You're joined by Leon, as usual, Mono. So episode 12, man, we're really starting to stack them in right now. Um, Yeah, what do you have to say for yourself? What do you think about this time of year? Is this a favorite for you? Do you love this? Do you hate this? Leon, this time of the year is probably the best slash the worst time of the year for anyone that has a corporate job, (laughs) I think, because the pressure is on. But at the same time, I think that we're all just so done with with the year. We want to just all just calm down Mm. and just enjoy ourselves and just take a breather. I don't know about you, but I am done with this year. It's been a crazy up and down year for me. So I'm excited to just... Uh, unwind at the end of this year yeah, in this festive no, season yeah for sure tease the season to be jolly man so yeah i love this time of year um although i don't really particularly love it from a business and a corporate job point of view it sucks quite honestly but yeah man i love the lights i like the fact that i'm listening to a lot of mariah carey when i go to the supermarket um, I really enjoy um, the three or four people in my complex that decided to put some lights outside. Uh, we've got our Christmas tree up. Do you have a Christmas tree? I don't have a Christmas nah. tree, Leon. You know what? It's uh, <laughs> I've been I've been staying uh, in my own apartment for probably like ten years now, and never in my life have I owned a Christmas tree. Uh, it's something that <laughs> that I'm still like every year. I keep telling myself this year. This year is the year and now we're like halfway through December already and I still don't have a tree. So no, nah. <laughs> I'm going to have to go get one. No, nah, it'll it'll come, man. No, nah, I love this time of the year. I've already dived into some of the nice old Christmas movies with my kids. Absolutely love it. Um, yeah. It's just, yeah, we're in South Africa. We don't have the snow, man. We don't have white Christmases. We have extremely warm um, and this year seemingly wet Christmases. But yeah, man, wherever you guys are, when you're listening to us, this is probably somewhere throughout the mid of 2021 anyways, when it's not Christmas. Um, But yeah, I mean, I hope that you guys enjoy the festivities as well. Um, Manu, what are we going to discuss tonight, my man? This is why we're here. Leon, today is uh, all about management and leadership. Mm. Now, we have all been in some crazy scenarios, both yourself and and myself. I mean, Mm. uh, we're talking about work now as well, and I think that it's actually so 
fitting for this uh, episode because uh, this time of the year when the pressure is on, you really start seeing if uh, you're working for a manager or if you're working for a leader. And I think I never really used to understand the difference between the two. So I thought it best to chat to someone like you so that number one, I can learn from you because you come from the other side of the spectrum and you can feed a lot of knowledge back into my direction and I can learn so much from you because I've never ever been in a management role, I've never been in a leadership role and I wanna start preparing myself for that in that mindset. I wanna know what are the things that we can look out for, uh, what are the things that I can start working, the characteristics that I can start building in myself to start preparing myself for a leadership sort of role or a management sort of role. So I think this is gonna be a pretty crazy topic. I think you will have a lot of interesting stories to share in terms of what is a manager and what is a leader and why is it important to understand the difference between the two and which one is better, right? Is there a difference? Uh, What is the difference? And which one should you strive to be or to become? And also to identify in your own life, sort of who are the managers, who are the leaders in your own life? And um, if you're in the right space or Mm. if you're in the right company or if you're in the right position, working with the right people around you. So very, very interesting stuff. I think it's going to be Uh, It's going to be quite interesting. Leon, I'm going to have so many questions for you because I want to learn from you tonight. That's completely fine. I'm hoping that you will hopefully maybe cover some of the questions that maybe many of our listeners might have. Um, And yes, this is a very important topic. And it's something that I believe most of our listeners would at some point of their life either be um, subject to or want to be. Um, So either you are working towards becoming a leader or a manager of some sort or you are working for one. It's either one or the other. And yeah, spoiler alert, there is a, <laughs> there, there is one is better than the other. Um, it, it, it's just, it's, it's fact. It's, it's, I thought it was my opinion from a lot of research, but I'm starting to notice a theme develop when you look at all the different uh, studies and research. And yes, one is better than the other. Let's start maybe just to start off lightly, what are some of, just to, just to kind of get the big elephant in the room out of the way. Now, obviously, when we talk about management, um, this is the process of soliciting power onto people and or bestowing power onto people that you earn through merely working there longer than them or knowing someone in the right time at the right place that gave you a title that says manager of the team. And you now have this seemingly um, latent power to just say what you want or push them in a certain direction or um, just force certain behavior onto people. And there's no willingness from their side. It's purely you telling them to do stuff, barking orders, driving results. And yes, it's effective. We cannot argue with that. Um, The fact that management is effective is unfortunately probably one of the reasons why management styles and those type of management styles still exist is just purely because some companies thrive on management um, where people are pretty much under the whip or they work on the stick and carrot method if you do something really good you get the carrot or you get a I don't know incentive or a bonus 
Um, if you don't do well, you get the stick. So you get, I don't know, performance reviewed or back onto um, probation period or whatever the case might be. So you work in constant fear. You, you're not really in a space where you feel comfortable speaking to your manager. You're not really encouraged to provide any input or anything like that. You're purely just working for a guy, barking orders, guy or girl. And um, yeah, that's kind of what management is about. So yeah, I think from that, we can probably then start talking about leadership and why that's different. But before we start with that, I'm just interested in this. Um, maybe let's share some horror stories. What's some of the worst things that you've had come from being, uh, I don't know, like an employee working at a company where you've got a terrible manager? Wow. Uh, where do I even start, Leanne? Um, <laughs> I've got I've got so many war stories to share with you with that regard. One thing that comes to mind, though, is I was stuck in a position where... Um, you could clearly, clearly see, and now I think this will become more apparent as we progress through the show today, uh, the difference between a leader and a manager, but you could clearly define that as I was working for a manager. I was working for someone that was uh, uh, entitled in their position and felt that they are so much, uh, you know, and they play very strongly into that authoritative state. But I've had so many bad experiences with managers just completely and utterly abusing their power and saying things within the workspace. And you can't necessarily react to any of those inappropriate comments or stuff like that. Because they are in a position of authority, you don't want to speak out. You can't speak out because you don't feel safe to speak out towards those sort of comments as well, right? So I've been in pretty crazy situations myself, Leanne, and we'll probably share more of those stories as we progress through this uh, episode today. But I'm quite sure that you yourself have uh, encountered a lot of these experiences in the past working for managers or maybe uh, some war stories from some people that you've come across as well. Yeah, definitely. I think everyone does. But um, yeah, I think that's also what shaped me into becoming interested in what is actually the right way to do things. I mean, I remember the first time that I had the most clearest depiction of what bad management style is was um, at one of the companies that I was with, uh, we had a team building event and we had a sleepover at a uh, lodge. And the next morning I woke up quite early. We were supposed to tee off for golf at like eight o'clock and I went downstairs to go make some coffee. And one of the ladies that worked with us was there. And one of the managers came out of his room and he just started, <laughs> and I mean, this is kind of, it's outside working hours. It's in a social environment. Um, we, we're all in PJs, man. We just woke up. We just woke up and he just barked at this girl and said, listen, um, please make me and my wife some coffee. And if you don't do it, I'll take it off of your bonus. I was just like, wow, wow, that is abuse of power. What? And I mean, yeah, she, she, she did it obviously because it's just not worth the fight or the bickering or whatever. But I mean, I, yeah, it just, I don't know, I felt so bad in that situation. I was quite new at the company, so I wasn't going to be the guy that's going to speak up and say something. But um, yeah, that's where I realized that there's there's definitely a stark difference between um, what a manager is and what another manager is. And at the time, I didn't really know that there's something that you would call leadership. I just thought that you get good managers and bad managers. 
But I started noticing as time progressed and my career started growing and worked my butt off and uh, eventually I got presented quite out of the blue with an opportunity to become a head of division. And um, I was young. I was, I was really, really completely unprepared. And one of the things that I am good at is really, really quickly preparing. <laughs> so I started digging my head into books and reading and uh, doing a lot of research online. I mean, like I said, in some of the previous episodes, I'll spend a week researching a new Bluetooth speaker. Um, so I spent um, the next countless amount of time to research exactly what kind of manager I want to be. And when I started digging my head into the material, I found that I don't want to be a manager. I want to be this thing called a leader. Um, and it, I don't know if you if you take it the wrong way, maybe leader feels superior or whatever, but, but it's not. It's more where you are kind of setting the path and you want people to willingly follow without using any of the force necessary or any of the force that you ha have as a title. You don't want to use that to get people to follow you willingly. You want to actually inspire and uh, showcase characteristics and good character and, um, you know, values. And you need to communicate the vision of the company and where we are heading and what our goals are as a team and be a complete team player and be very positive. But we'll go through the the different stages and, the re and, and, you know, the tips for what you need to kind of embody as a leader. But then you have people that are willingly following you. And I promise you, they'll take a bullet for you, even as much as you'll take a bullet for them. And that's what I wanted to be. As, and I, I got passionate about it. I got so behind it that I completely made it my mission to try and embody as much of the positive messaging that I saw about what leadership should be and what it looks like that I tried to literally live it out every single day. And I would walk around with notes and stuff to remember certain things or tactics when communicating. And what do you do during a crisis? What do you do during conflict? How do you handle those situations? Who do you speak to within the conflict situation? Do you do it in a public place where everyone can see? Do you take one person aside? Do you take the group that is having conflict aside? Just one small thing like conflict management became like this entire science of step one, step two, step three. And believe me, there are steps. You can do it the right or the wrong way. And um, that's the other thing that I quickly want to touch on is that leadership is 100% something that you can learn. It's I, I hate it when people say that that person was born as a natural born leader. Um, that just means that everyone else is inferior and no, they don't have a chance. That's absolute bull. Every single person on this earth can recondition and retrain themselves and learn the acumen and the skills required in order to be a leader. And I promise you, it's, it's actually revitalizing because a lot of the skills is not just applicable to you and your team. It serves you very well everywhere else in life. Yeah, I think one thing I do want to sort of ask you and also try and clarify for myself and also for the listeners, Leon, is why is it so important that we need to focus on becoming a leader versus a manager, right? And I think to a very large extent, it's something that I've always wanted, wanted to become is someone that, um, that leads, someone that is not necessarily just in charge, but someone that can help people, someone that can um, help guide the way towards 
uh, their full potential and sort of tap into their full potential as well and to assist in, in, in providing them with the knowledge and experiences that I've come across that has helped me in the workspace as well to lead them on that same path or to at least help discover their own potential. And that's, I mean, the, the reason that we're here as well is to share knowledge and all of that, right? But I feel that I want to really ask that question to you, Leanne, is understanding why is it important that we need to focus on management versus leadership and to a large extent, from my point of view, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's because we want to succeed in everything that we partake into life, everything that we uh, try and challenge ourselves with. So we want to become the absolute best that we can be in that specific field. For me, if I want to be a manager, I want to be the best manager that there possibly is yeah, exactly. to be, right? And is am I on the right track here in saying that that's what we're trying to accomplish mm -hmm. is to find a version of management that is sustainable, that is um, achievable, and that people can uh, respect mm -hmm. To a very large degree as well yeah so no you touch on something very very important there so it's quite imperative that at this point we understand that there's obviously now we've already created some sort of precedence here but there's a stark difference between management and leadership so i can give you an example when i got that first management role because from a you know title perspective it's still going to be the word manager um, you won't see technical leader, you'll see technical manager, you won't see, um, you know, it's, it's always the word is going to be there. A lot of titles these days have the word management in them. Um, but I could immediately embody the management role. I could say, all right, Mr. Bossman, um, you want to make me manager, what do you need from my team? And you'll say X, Y, and Z. And all I need to go and do as a manager is go tell the team, listen, this is what I need. This is X, Y, and Z. This is what um and and you need to do it and if you don't do it this is what's going to happen if you do do it this is what's going to happen and that's kind of a very very short depiction of what a management uh, type of role would be obviously with some um you know meet in between a leader would go and say all right listen thank you very much for the opportunity uh, where's my team? You go and meet them. You understand them. You spend time with them. You know their family members' names. You know the dogs' names. You empathize with them. You actually form an emotional connection with that person and you, you spend time to understand who that person is. And then you start um, communicating the goals of the, um, let's say, for example, the, the division to the team. And you start setting up meetings and you make, you encourage discussion. It's one of the most important things as a leader that you need to do is you need to encourage open discussion where people are completely okay to open their mouths, put their um, ideas on the table, put their words on the table and feel, feel heard. It's, it's absolutely important to, you know, to listen to what the people are saying and from that, you start understanding who's who in your team and who do you, um, who, you know, who can you assign th certain things on? But anyways, we're we already kind of diving into, you know, what the, what you start doing as a leader, but that's kind of why it's really, really important to distinguish the difference is because I don't know, I just come from a place where life needs to be fulfilling, right? You want to have a purpose. You want to have a why. If you go and listen to our previous episodes, a lot of this ties into the right way to do um, management is through a um, method of leadership where 
you want people to follow willingly and you don't want them to live in fear and you don't want them to feel like they are voiceless and they just need to do what is said at the end of their um, you know, contract that they signed up for. You want people to actually want to come to work, that want to actually inspire others, that want to learn that and you are there to grow them and make them their absolute best person. That is 100% why you want to be a leader instead of a manager. A manager is a cop out. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a very easy uh, job if you just want to be a manager. Anyone can be given a role and then just go bark those orders uh, and those requirements, whatever is required from the department back onto the people and threaten them with, um, you know, whatever kind of things that could happen, disciplinary hearings or whatever. Um, or then reward them if they do well. It's it's that's not that's not difficult to do. Absolutely. So if I understand this correctly, uh, what you're saying is that there there's basically two aspects behind this um, this why of of looking into leadership as opposed to looking into management. Right. Number one is understanding the people better that you work uh, with closely, understanding your team better, so that we can achieve the best success that there is to achieve in the business in itself, so that you can better form stronger bonds with the people that you work with on a daily basis, and tap into their full potential, and make sure that it's coming from a pure foundation of wanting to follow you, wanting to help you grow the business, wanting to help you succeed and help the team succeed. That's the one aspect of it. The other aspect that you mentioned as well is that fulfillment. Uh, you do want to become a leader as opposed to a manager because you want to have the absolute best impact on the people that you that follow you. Mm. Uh, I think in any leadership role in your personal life as well, and I want to touch, I want to come back to this point a little bit later in the show today as well, is becoming a leader in your own personal life in itself as opposed to just focusing on the business life and focusing on corporate. But in a corporate scenario as well, absolutely, I feel that maybe you're you're 100% right in saying that, Leon, because you want to have the best possible impact on the people that follow you because you've been assigned a responsibility to lead those people not just to manage them, but to lead them, to have an impact on them. There's very seldom an opportunity like that that comes across your path in the sense that you can finally have an impact on people and people mm. have to listen to you. They have to look up to you and all that. So when you're assigned that responsibility, I feel that you have a very, very large responsibility passed yes. onto your shoulders because not only for the business, do you need to make that team succeed? You also need to, uh, you're for, on a personal basis, make sure that they don't go home and they hate their jobs and they have to go and quit their jobs and go work at a food stand to support their families because you've made their lives absolutely miserable. There's such a big responsibility. Uh, it's so interesting, Leanne. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, I wanted to just understand and clarify mm. the point of why it's really, really important to look at leadership as opposed to management mm. as well. So one of the th questions that I also have for you, Leanne, is when it comes to hiring, and, and this is this is going to come from two different perspectives, right? One, because I'm preparing, I want to become a leader myself one day, and I want to be in the right frame of mind, and I want to start preparing myself for that. And number two, because I'm not there yet, I want to know what to be on the lookout for as well. So when it comes to hiring employees, right? Mm -hmm. This is a chat that we had a while back, just, just as we started working together as well. Do you hire based on skills or do you hire based on culture and, and why? 
whichever way it goes very very good question and <laughs> this is this is one of those questions it it does sort of depend on the role um but it also shouldn't necessarily be the only factor at all so i'm someone that's very pro culture and whether that person's going to fit in uh to the team i can work on skill skill is something that there's books, there's labs, there's training, there's, uh, you know, the, the skill can be developed. It's a completely different story if the person is obviously completely clueless to the subject matter. But if it's someone that's, for example, if it's a technical position, the person is already quite technical, he understands like the base knowledge, but he's got a really, really good head about him and he's got a very good attitude. That is something I can work with. And I promise you, I can, I, that will be successful. I'll make that successful. I can't teach someone soft skills. I can't teach you how to have good attitude. I can't teach you how to come to work every day willingly and uh, doing your best. I can't teach you to be friendlier. I can't teach you to have a good um, you know, relationship with everyone around you in the team and not be toxic. I can't teach those things. I can try and speak to you about it and mold you and find ways to maybe, um, you know, motivate you in a different way. But it's such a big challenge because now you have to work and, you know, chisel at the person's being. And that's not, that's not easy. That's not easy for any manager or leader to do. So I would instead go and get someone that's a culture fit, someone that's really, really good um, with the team, understands the dynamic, works hard, he's got a good work ethic. Those kind of things count a lot for me. And then the technical skills, if it's half there, the other half we can build super quick. It's, it's something that... Uh, depending on the industry is probably ever evolving anyway so by the time that you want to teach him you're probably going to teach yourself a thing or two anyway um you know and this is different from sector to sector obviously if it's dentistry or i don't know something a bit more static like maths or calculus or something those concepts never ever change or you know they hardly change they're very static um, or law uh, there you might need someone to have a particular type of skill set and so on. So it might be more important. But if it's something more of an applicable science, like in an engineering role or building or um, IT, you know, information technology arena, absolutely hire for the character, hire the person and then work on the skills later. 100% every time that's worked for me. And I've had quite a quite a good reputation when it comes to hiring. I've had zero staff rotation since. Um, and, and that's not to blow my own whistle, but I do think that my methodology has kind of proven itself by now. Yeah, I think because the, the main reason I wanted to ask that question is to understand that uh, I, I know that, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel that a lot of managers um, are so focused on hiring based on skills, skills yeah. and they don't really care on hiring on culture. And I feel that from a leadership point of view, um, hiring based on culture might be the primary focus as opposed to the other way around, mm. right? Where from a management point of view, the first thing you check is the resume, right? You first yeah. check, uh, does he or she um, have the you know, required qualifications? Do they have the required work experience and all of that? So the reason I wanted to ask that is just to really understand that is there maybe a difference in 
uh, once you become a leader or if you're working to becoming a leader as opposed to manager, what what is the one thing that you should be focusing on? And absolutely, I think I'm, I'm happy to hear that, Leon, because I think so many job opportunities are lost uh, by a lot of people that have an absolute passion for the industry. Mm an absolute passion for achieving their their full potential and they would put in the grit but they didn't get a bachelor's degree or something exactly that maybe the finances weren't there maybe the opportunities Mm. the circumstances weren't there um it was the life deals as really really crappy cards sometimes and now just because of that you don't have the same opportunities as the person next to you Mm. but you're as a person as an employee you might serve the company so much better going forward as opposed to the person that has all of the qualifications, that has all of the industry experience and all that, but they don't, they're not a culture fit, yeah. right? You can't, as you said, exactly, you can't work with that. You can't work around it. You can't teach you them. You can't fix it. And you, you can't expect that person to um, be okay with you trying to fix something that he might not think there's anything wrong with. He might be in a great culture fit for maybe, I don't know, a slightly more high-strung company or... Or maybe a company that's just a bit more structured and you maybe have a little bit more of a loose vibe. It, it, it really depends. And you can't expect that person to change that like innermost being just for you as a business. That's also not fair. So you're not just doing yourself an injustice. You're doing that person an injustice as well. And I mean, one of the most important things about leadership, and I forgot to mention it in the beginning, and this is something I think a lot of people will be shocked with, is... The number one role a leader has, number one, it's not, it's not targets, it's not the company goals, it's nothing like that. It's to grow the people that work with him in his team. It's to grow them. It's to find their, um, their why, their purpose, what they're good at, um, and work them and put them in those positions, give them the power to make some choices themselves and let them grow. And, and, and see them flower and just course correct them, give them some guidance, help them out, inspire them, motivate them to grow themselves into the position. So a leadership role is 100% a selfless serving role. You, you serve as a leader. You don't just bark and, and get results from people. If you do it in this way, I promise you the results will come by itself. You won't need to lift a finger for the results to come. Uh, the results will come by itself realistically. Um, but you need to serve, you need to grow those individuals and you need to get them to reach their best potential or their best potential within the business and what the business can offer at that time and then let them spread their wings. Um, that's the whole point of a leader. A leader builds more leaders. That's what a leader should do. So another another question, and I'm gonna keep them coming, Leon, uh, because sure. I'm, I'm, I'm so intrigued with this topic. So how do you make sure that you don't blur the lines? Because you're talking about um, tapping into people's full potential, making sure that you put the people first and put business second, mm. and automatically business success will follow. Where do you draw the line? How do you make sure that you distinguish the line and making sure that they understand that you are, in fact, their supervisor or their manager to some extent, so they have to respect you, uh, but at the same time, caring enough about those employees, caring enough about your subordinates to not blur the lines between the two for them to start disrespecting you to some extent uh, or becoming too casual with you, Mm. too buddy-buddy with you. 
Um, how exactly do you go about distinguishing those two worlds? Because that is something that I'm really interested in knowing because I'm someone I connect on a very personal level with people around me. 100% if I um, form a relationship with someone I want to know everything there is to know about that person. I want to understand what is your story, where did you come from and all of that. I want to tap into your personal life. But also I want to distance myself and still say, look, even though I emailed you or I sent you a text last week to ask how is your mother doing, I know that she's been sick. Um, I don't want to know about you know, all of the stuff mm. that your car broke down yeah. or uh, you and then you had a crappy day and then you started crying and then your boyfriend broke up with you and all of that stuff. So where do you draw the line and how do you distinguish between those two? And is there a way for you to sort of split those two worlds apart as well? Yeah, 100%. So now you're actually gnawing and biting at the core of what was the hardest for me. Because I'm a very social person. I enjoy people. I love being around people. I love knowing what's going on in their lives and how they are and who they are and so on. So I found myself um, exactly in this position where the lines kind of get blurred. And what I set out to do was I started working on um, trust and respect. So I I needed to earn trust. Um, Trust is not something that you just demand purely because of a title. I think some people might think so, but it really just isn't. Um, That's just fear and that's just, I don't know, um, dictatorship, if you want to call it that. You're dictating just because of a title. So I started working on the basic concepts of, um, for example, very good positive energy all the time and driving our team and showing that I'm driving, um, you know, where we are heading and just, you know, this is the course that we are going to take as a team. And then having that kind of proactive attitude where, you know, leaders are able to kind of see around the corners what's going to happen and think about not just what's happening right now, but start thinking about what's going to come, how we how are we going to anticipate it, how are we best going to absorb the impact and um, survive as a, as a team. And once you start doing those things, um, the your people will notice it. They'll start seeing that you've got these aspects. And then there's things like um, the ability to delegate. So, and and delegate is also, I hate the word delegate. I don't know why. I just have a very negative connection to the word delegation. But the ability to um, start assigning roles and tasks and responsibilities to your team members. And you then tell them, all right, you're going to take care of this and you're going to take care of this. This is going to be your baby. You're going to run with it. I trust you. And um, you allow them that breathing room. You give them rope so that they can exercise their creativity. They can exercise their skill sets, etc. And do the best they can at that job for you. You need to be very approachable. So a leader needs to be someone that um, your employees or your guys that work for you, your, your team, are happy to come and speak to about anything. It can be personal, it can be about work, it can be about a conflict situation, it can be about gossip that's going around, it can be about political stuff, it can be anything They should be comfortable to come and talk to you about anything, kind of the relationship that you wish you would have with your kids, you want the same with your team. And that's extremely important. And then the last thing that I found, uh, or, or maybe one of the other things that I found that really works is to follow like or or to lead by an example so 
that basically means what you pra practice, what you preach. If you're telling everyone to come early, come early yourself. If you're telling everyone to leave as late as possible, leave as late yourself. If you are expecting people to sometimes work over work overtime to complete a difficult project um, without extra pay, for example, do it yourself. Those things are really, your team will see that you are a part of the team. You're just the one guy that is sort of taking the lead, but you are very much a part of the team and you're not seeing yourself as a divine being, uh, you know, above all of them. And then lastly, you are ultimately accountable for everything that happens uh, to and within that team. If the team performs, you're accountable. If the team um, uh, underperforms, you're accountable. And stand up and own up to that accountability. And a, le a good leader will never assign blame uh, onto the team and things like that. He'll absorb the um, bad or and the good and he will he will deal with it as if he's accountable for all of it oh, and then there's also a, a leader is also very good at deciding making decisions and being decisive if something goes wrong and the people don't know or your team doesn't know listen what do we do here or how do we do now i've tried this and that a leader must always kind of have another option like um let's try this let's do this okay let's sit down we're gonna do this this and this um, I listened to this one uh, podcast the other day and it was a guy about uh, 15 years old. He was working as a waiter at a shop and they screwed up an order. They just basically packed the wrong meal. So he went to his manager and again, that's what you kind of call them. And he told his manager about the problem. The manager said to him, listen, don't worry. What we're going to do is we're going to make up that new order. We're going to climb in a car, me, you, we're going to drive to the house and we're going to hand deliver this to the person and apologize for the mistake. And that is the complete embodiment of what a leader should be doing is firstly owning up, seeing what's going on, having a positive attitude, being decisive on a way out and how do we fix this, not blaming anyone, being accountable yourself as the leader, being there, showing up at that door and saying, listen, Mr. Customer, sorry for this. That is 100%. And your question was um, around how do you separate the two? <laughs> so I gave a very, very long answer. But no, I love it. when you do all of these things, when you do all of these steps, eventually you'll earn so much respect from your team that they wouldn't cross the line. They would intuitively know where the line is. And yes, the line will get uh, checked sometimes. You know, there might be the odd little occasion where you need to kind of say, hey, listen, guys, let, let's just keep our social hat at the door and have our business hat on during the meeting and talk straight and stuff like that. So that's something I would typically say going into a more difficult meeting, even though the morning was a good morning, coming into a difficult meeting, I'll say, listen, guys, this is going to be a tough one. I'm going to leave my social hat at the door. I'm going to have my business hat, business hat on during this meeting and we're going to have to talk straight. And by doing it like that and again this i believe is maybe my own science i don't know whether this is for everyone um, i couldn't really find that much information on this when i had to study it but it 100 percent worked for me as a person and by doing it that way i have the ability to literally have social engagements with um, my team members whilst st still very much have them involved completely professionally at work um yeah so that's kind of my approach yeah that makes so much sense because i think and you touched on this as well is 
and I think even even Simon Sinek mentioned this as well that when it comes to hiring you got to treat hiring like adopting a child right so having those difficult conversations and saying that I'm going to leave my social hat at the door. I'm going to put my business hat on. This is going to be a very tough discussion, guys, girls. Uh, but you got to bear with us. We have to push through this meeting. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be tough on all of you right now. But then after that, we can all be friends again. It's fine. Uh, it also comes down to hiring right, I think, um, mm-hmm. to a very large extent. Um, I don't know if there's a way for you to discover this during the hiring process. Uh, but at least you can maybe mention this uh, during the hiring process as well, but treating it like you're adopting a child. So really taking that hiring process um, very serious, mm-hmm. I think is a very good start maybe um, from my perspective, from what I've picked up now from what you said, Leon, is that uh, really just focusing on making sure that you've got the right people that would understand to not blur the lines and mm. where you would go into that relationship, into that professional relationship and telling them that sometimes we're going to be friends, sometimes we're not going to be friends. And even if you find that uh, you haven't had that chat with them, that along the line you do become friends. And this is something that you and I actually did really well. Mm. And that's probably why I'm asking is because I used to report to you. You were my manager. Mm. You were my my leader. <laughs> I won't say manager, but you were my manager, right? And I think that it's something I really admired about the way that uh, you handled yourself, the way that you handled situations is we could be friends. We could literally go out, have a barbecue, have a couple of drinks, all that stuff. And then come Monday morning, uh, everything's back to normal. Mm. We're serious, and if you had to have difficult chats with me, you you did it. And you know, we walked out there. Uh, we might have been upset with each other for the next hour or so, not talking to each other and stuff. But that's business, mm. right? And understanding that uh, you need to to draw that line in the sand at least. So very interestingly, and thank you so much for sharing that. Mm. I think that's going to be very informative because I think this is something that, as I mentioned, the reason I'm asking these questions, it's, it's coming from two different worlds, right? It's, it's me preparing to become a leader, to become a manager at one stage in my life. But it's also a very big part of it is saying that for the people out there that are listening to the show here and not knowing what to look out for in the corporate scenarios or in the business scenarios that they're currently stuck in, Right to understand if you're working for the right people, to understand why you're miserable at work, mm. it's probably because you're working for a manager, you're not working for a leader. And maybe you need to go and find that happiness somewhere else, that leadership, someone that can inspire you, someone that uh, you can look up to, someone that you can learn from, yeah. uh, someone that can assist you, that sees themselves very importantly, as you mentioned, sees themselves as a part of the team not the the top of the crop, the cherry on the on the cake, mm, you know, mm, sort of yeah. just looking at themselves and seeing themselves as a part of the team and putting in the effort, putting in the work as well, together with the team to drive and push them forward as well. Very, very important, I think. So that's why I'm asking is, is really to come from that perspective and also to say from a hiring point of view, if I walk into an interview, should I be concerned that I don't have the skills? Now, this is an answer that I could probably give to myself and to the listeners out there as well. And for the very early stages of my life, I've discovered <laughs> that skills aren't everything, mm-hmm. uh, that you should just shoot for the positions and we'll have a dedicated episode to that as well. Um, but just really understanding from your point of view, coming from a leadership role, coming from a management role, understanding that you do actually, even though there are some guidelines to what it is, what sort of skill set it is you're looking for, what sort of industry experience you're looking for, that that isn't everything. 
and to sort of give hope and spread hope in the fact that if you're looking at a specific job position and you want to apply for it, you don't have the skills, you don't have the experience, go for it. Is that what you're saying, Leanne? Just make mm. sure that you're a culture fit. You want to know what the culture is going to be like there, right? Just don't be a crappy person, right? <laughs> just so, so be strong in your in your values, be strong in your standards, and all that, and just make sure that you're open and honest and be yourself during that interview. Is that what you're saying, so that you can be transparent in that interview process, so that both parties can be happy uh, with the result of that interview and how it went? Yes. So in my experience, that's how it's been. Um, I've I've been in, um, involved in hiring of new staff in my current um, role as well as a previous business. And in both, I applied the same kind of methodology and in both I was successful. Um, and I'm again, just to kind of touch on it, I'm not saying that skills is taboo and it doesn't mean anything. Um, mm. There should be some level of skill. Um, I'm just saying... Let's say, for example, there's a guy that applies and he's got three years experience, uh, no, no other graduation certificates or whatever, but he's got a mad good, um, you know, character about him. And when I chat to him, he's energetic and he's going to get along. And then there's a guy who comes with a doctorate degree, you know, <laughs> he's got like all the bookwork and, and everything is there, but I can't get along with this dude. Like we can't speak properly is awkward whatever 100 percent he's i don't care if he uh wants to come and work for a very <laughs> low salary even though he's a doctorate um i don't I, I don't want to work with someone like that i would rather get the guy that i can champion so someone that i can again and this comes down to good leadership as well is you want to get someone that's got enough there so that um he's not a complete loss from a technical perspective um, he's got the character that you need, someone that you can then go and mold and shape into exactly what you need that person to be. And that's again, like I mentioned before, leadership is very much a, a serving role. It's very much a, you give back, you build your team. And one day they're going to be leaders. When you become a director, they need to, one of them or two of them need to take over from where you left off. Um, so it's about passing on um, knowledge. It's about, and, and another thing that's really important is that I hire for skills that I know I don't have myself and I don't have in the team. Um, a lot of people assume because you're a manager, you automatically know everything about everything. And um, if anyone needs to know something, just go ask the manager because he will know everything. That's, I think, the weirdest absurd um, thing I've ever heard in my life. The whole reason you've got a team is so that you've got people that can work together to a joint goal. If you could just do it yourself, why do you need the team? Is it just because of speed? I don't know. It's So I usually hire um, people that I know have acute skills that I've noticed as a shortage in my team and in myself. And I get those people on board so that they can come and fill in those gaps and blanks in the team and again, when I talk about the team, I very much talk about myself as well. So it might be, for example, someone that's not comfortable uh, or it might be that I don't have someone comfortable with public speaking and I'm not public speaker either. So I hire a public speaking person that's comfortable with that as well as part of his job duties. So that's another thing that's quite important. And by doing that, you are filling out and you're fleshing out your team. You're creating a stronger team and you, you don't you don't need to be the best at everything just because you're a manager or a leader. You don't need to know everything. 
and stay on top of everything just because you're the manager or the leader. The whole purpose of a leader is to inspire people towards a goal. It's to allow uh, enough time for people to get to know you, to understand what you're about, so that they want to willingly follow you, so that you can give them a message and a vision and you can live and breathe and die by that mission. And people will literally join you into the fire uh, for that mission. That's the purpose. It's not to say, I've worked my ass off and I've been doing this for 20 years and I got all the certificates and now I earned my position as a leadership. Naturally, I grew into it now. That's, I think, a common misconception is that you, you know, you climb the ladder, so to speak, and then you get into a leadership position after many years of hard work. That's how it usually happens. But when you get that position, it doesn't necessarily mean that you are better or more skilled at the you know, position than some of the people that are at that point in time uh, working for you. It's 100% going to be a case of a lot of the people are going to have skills that you don't have as a leader. And that makes your strong team. That's going to make your team way stronger. Wow, that is just so, so important. Um, I'm so glad that you mentioned that as well. It's something that I uh, thought of in the past as well, but I didn't even think to bring that up. Um, amazing, Leon. Thank you so much for sharing the insight. So I think let's move into wrapping up this uh, this session here today. And um, as always, we said that we want to leave you with some great tools or tips or tricks, some real life action steps that you can take in your life. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to split this section up. I'm going to do it a little bit different. So I'm going to split it up into two different questions that I want to pose to you. And maybe you can share some tips with us, Leanne, because I'm here to learn today. So let's take it from a perspective of, uh, the individuals that are listening to this show and saying that, but I'm not ready to become a leader. And maybe, yes, we've convinced you now that, uh, you know, that there is a difference between management and leadership and stuff. And that at some point in your life, you are happy with uh, your sort of where you are now and the career path that you've chosen for yourself. And you are looking at working your way up and climbing the corporate ladder, right? So the first question I have is what tips do you have for the listeners out there that are thinking about working their ways up and things that they can start working on in themselves, the characteristics that they can work on. Obviously, you've mentioned quite a few of mm -hmm. them already. But one, if you had to pick from all of that, right, uh, just a, one action step or two action steps on uh, becoming a leader, what would you leave with uh, with the crowd here today, Leon? Well, the, the most important thing, and again, I'm not saying that this is something that's easy to change, but if you are acutely aware of this, it is something that you can change. It's not something that someone else can change, but it's something that you can change. But that is to have the best possible attitude. Um, and attitude is a big word. If you think about attitude, here I'm talking about giving your best. I'm talking about being early. I'm talking about leaving late. I'm talking about supporting your crew and your team. I'm talking about knowing who the people's names are, their family members' names are, who, what's going on in their lives. I'm talking about a complete attitude change. You need to understand that you are very much part of a family when you go into work. Um, I mean, the, the hours speak for itself. Uh, you do eight hours a day with these people. You might as well make them a family. And uh, yeah, I'm someone that completely believes in that it's extended family in some way or the other. So that's the first step is work on your attitude. If your attitude stinks, find a way to work on it. Seek remedy, find books, 
I don't know, uh, just get, get a way to um, make sure that you've got a very good attitude towards work. And then it comes down to um, if you want to prepare yourself for leadership, it comes down to um, putting your head into the books and starting to read up a little bit about what it is. For example, every single um, business is different. In our um, specific business, it's more in the information technology game. So there, you know, there might be different skill sets and stuff like that required. And so leadership is very much something that's going to unfortunately either be something that you are recruited for from outside or that you are naturally going to grow into because you've proved yourself um, worthy of that. So depending on those two, if you are working towards leadership in a company and you're already in that company, then yes, you know, knock it out the park. If there's goals to achieve, smash them 150%. Make sure that you stick out. Make sure that you, sp you spend time with your manager or your uh, leader and understand uh, what he requires from you and overachieve and over deliver every day show up um, you know take care of your of your um, team members and your peers and your colleagues and that's probably the last tip that I would give is that a natural born leader um, that's going to take over f uh, the team at a later stage is typically someone that you will already see fulfilling some of that role within the team already so it's someone that's probably already saying listen guys there's this crisis. I see you guys are all talking over each other. Let's let's all quickly just quiet down, relax ourselves. What are the let's just dissect? What are the major issues? What are the options? Uh, how are we going to do it? What's going to take the most amount of time? What's going to be the least amount of cost? All right, cool. This is our point. This is what we're going to do. That's the kind of people that you can quickly identify as the ability to rally a crew around them not be um, abrasive or irritating or, um, you know, cocky, so to say, uh, but someone that can actually um, take the team, get them to listen up and pay attention to what they're saying because they know this person has already proven himself worthy of speaking and then direct them in some way or the other towards, um, I don't know, achievement of some goal. And that's that's pretty much it. If you do those things, you're probably going to find going to find yourself in a leadership role sooner or later. I love that. I love that so much, Leon. You actually, I had a second follow up question after that, but you've uh, pretty much addressed everything that I wanted to ask. As as leaving the last bit of a real life tip <laughs> here for the audience today is, um, you know, if you're already a manager, how do you transition into becoming a leader? You've 100% covered that. Mm. Uh, I love it. I absolutely love it. And also, one of the things that I didn't even think about asking you that you've also addressed is how to identify, uh, if you're in, an, uh, in a position of authority, identify potential leaders within your existing team that could take over some of the roles and responsibilities within the team as well. Absolutely powerful stuff um, here. Leon, thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge and your insight here. I've certainly learned a lot from you and I really, really hope that this has been informative to the audience, to you guys there. If you like the content, if you uh, resonated with it, if this is something that really has inspired you to become a leader, then please reach out to us. Please share this episode with those people, perhaps that are close to you, that you feel need to hear the message, that you feel can resonate with the message and reach out to us. If you have any stories to tell, if you have anything to add to the show, absolutely, please tell us about it and we can do an entire topic 
on that uh, on a different episode as well. Leon, one of the things I wanted to touch on today that we did not get time for is how to become a leader in your own personal life. Now, we don't have time for that, but we absolutely, I feel that it's important to maybe address that at some point in the future and do an entire episode on becoming a leader in your personal life and the importance of that because that's something that is very, very close um, to my uh, goals that I want to achieve in life as well. Yeah, and it's not the same as in the corporate environment, definitely. It's a, it's, it's a not exactly topic. the same. But a lot of the stuff could uh, you know, exchange yeah. or a lot of the stuff could flow into one another yes, in that sense sure. as well. Ladies and gentlemen, that is all we have time for for today. I really hope that this has been informative. As I mentioned, please rate us, please review us. And thank you once again for sticking it out and uh, joining us all the way through to the 12th episode. We're so excited to do more episodes like this in the future and we hope to hear back from you so that is it from myself mono wrapping up thank you guys my name is leon we'll see you next week for another fresh episode hells yeah cheers have a good one guys Bye. bye hey everyone thank you so much for joining this episode we really hope that it inspires and motivates you By the way, we're giving away a free five-step personal budget template that will help you take control of your financial goals. So just head over to rltstudios.com, sign up for our newsletter, and we will get that right over to you. So head over to rltstudios.com, and we will see you in the next episode. Until then, cheers. Cheers.